I did a lot of men's work and I did all of it. I did literally for years. I did everything that was uh, offered. I would go away for a while and then I would come back and the same people were having the same conversations about the same problem in their life. They were talking about the same core beliefs and the same shadows within themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, what? It just becomes a new identity for the same person to do the same thing in a different way. Some people are still there. That's fine. They've just begun. That's totally fine. But it needs to it needs to expand and evolve for those who have been there for a while. It's not about don't do emotions. It's just do it well. I sit here with my head up and my chin up and my spine straight and my balls intact and I cry and I feel it fully and then I'm complete. The hard men need need to know soft and the soft men need to know hard. Yes, that's really what we're doing, right? Is we're is we're moving evolution forward on, on every level. I think men are supposed to be the warrior, the leader, the decision maker. I love the leadership of of being masculine. I haven't lived most of my life with that, but I but I love that now. I was holding it together enough and putting on enough masks that nobody really knew. It was just a perfect storm of things to destroy me, but to also build the man that I know that I am today. I feel the tears of the the gratitude that I that I'm even alive, but that I'm uh, thriving and happy and in service fully. All right, my friends, welcome back to this new episode of the Wayshowers podcast. Today, I have Ryan Albury as my guest. Ryan, you are a men's coach. I was made aware of you, I think, about six months ago through somebody who you work quite closely with, Ian Wood. And Ian and I were doing a similar kind of work at the time. And, and so because we were connected on Facebook, I was starting to see this Ryan pop up on, on my feed. And I quite quickly noticed that there was something about the way that you were communicating that seemed to be about disrupting a certain status quo in the field of men's work. And so I've been, I've been watching you for a while and, and now it's time that we get to know each other a little bit better. So I'm excited to have you here. And um, yeah, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing very well, my man. I'm I'm happy. I'm calm. I'm enjoying life and pleased about that and grateful for that. So I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah. Life is actually exceeding a little baby boy. Yeah. You know what? Like I, I just told Michelle yesterday, my fiance, that I have these moments lately where I feel like I'm in a dream, like because I cannot actually quite grok that my life is this good. So I'm just like, did something? Am, am I am I hallucinating? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very good actually. Recently, very good. Thank you. You're in uh, BC now. Uh, I'm in Canada, if, yeah, on the west coast. Yeah, of yeah, and you are Canadian. You just told me. I'm Canadian, yes. Yeah, are you from that area? I grew up. I grew up in the in the southwest corner of British Columbia, down uh, just south of Vancouver. And so, do you feel like you're steeped in this progressive, increasingly woke culture of BC, or is this? I I I. I intend currently in operating my life with as few labels on myself and on others as possible. Yeah. There is definitely uh, an energetic when I walk outside, when I see people, when I go to certain regions of the city, I'm currently in Vancouver. Uh, there's definitely a, a culture. Yeah. And, I've never uh, been there by the way. 
Okay. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's very beautiful. Um, and the and the culture is sort of diverse because of the uh, cultural diver- sorry the um, the racial diversity and the cultural diversity with all of the different geographies. We have the ocean, we have mountains, we have city, we have farm. We have, so it's kind of like a, a a density of of diversity. Yeah. It always seemed to me to be a really beautiful place in many ways. Very, very creative, incredible nature. The closest I've been is up in in um, Oregon, so uh, fairly, yeah. fairly close. But mm. but yeah. So what brings you there? Are you doing some men's work right now up there? Uh, I was actually in uh, in Nicaragua for a long period of well, with long is relative, of course. I was in Nicaragua for about a year, doing a bunch of training and uh, hero's journey, if you will. And oh, I wow. I was only intending on coming back here for a couple months and then heading back down that way. But uh, I've been mm. here for about a year now. I mm. haven't uh, I haven't put roots in anywhere. I've lived in a few places since I've been back because of the uh, temporariness of the visit. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I've been working online, of course, uh, with Ian Wood and the Illuminated Man Collective. We've been we've been doing a lot online. Um, yeah, I'm waiting until I put roots down somewhere to build in-person events. Although we do have an in-person event this weekend on Vancouver Island. So, you mentioned the Illuminated Man Collective. So this is uh, this is one of the groups you're you're running for men. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and and what do you do there? So the Illuminated Man Collective uh, is, it's about men's work, but it's weaving in the the greater teachings that Ian and I have uh, been gifted with in our time on this path. Uh, so it's very much about the quantum, quantum physics. It's very much about chemistry, mm-hmm. the physical body, how the brain and nervous system works. It's about internal family systems, parts work, shadow work, inner child work, lots of names for it. Um, yeah. It's very much about discipline and accountability, you know, a lot of things that are already present in the men's work sphere, but we're really bringing in a deeper understanding of what it, what it actually means to be a human. Like, what is it? What is a person? What is a personality? What is an individual? What is an identity? And how is it constructed? And how to mm. work with that? Mm. So when you say that you're bringing in a new understanding, do you have a sense that there is there's something that's been missing in, in, in men's work for a while now is. I mean, to use sort of the cliche term that I don't particularly like to use too often, it's very uh, egocentric. Um, right. Ken Wilber's got a really cool uh, scale. He's got like the egocentric, world-centric. I can't remember if he calls it cosmic-centric or universal-centric. Cosmic-centric, universal I think so, yeah. Like that, but yeah. he's got these scales of, of reality. And so I found that the, which is okay if it's egocentric, but I found it to be ineffective. And what, what I started to notice mm-hmm. is that I would go away for a while and then I would come back and the same people were having the same conversations about the same problem in their life. They were talking about the same core beliefs and the same shadows within themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, what, how is this possible that after a year or two years and I haven't spoken with you, you're the exact same person talking about the exact same. Yeah. Now, of course, that's not, across the board but it was definitely a trend and so when i say um when i say men's work i mean well what are we doing we're doing community and we're doing um working on ourselves quite frankly you know like we're doing we're there for some intention to improve ourselves to better ourselves and to 
be with men and do that together and, and hopefully down the line build something better for the future generations. I found yeah. that it was so much just a looping situation of me, me, me and my relationship and my problems. And, um, and I said, that's not, that's not where we're at anymore. We, we did that's emotional not, no. expression. We, we did all that. Some people are still there. That's fine. They've just begun. That's totally fine. But it needs to, it needs to expand and evolve for those who have been there for a while. Yeah, totally agree. This has been my experience as well. And it's actually been really frustrating for me. As, as I imagine it was for you. So the, you the, before the call that you were, uh, you started, um, you've started men's groups. You started the mankind project, uh, branch let's in, say, Norway. In, yeah. in the Norway region. What was, what was it like for you starting a men's group out there? You know, for me at the time, that was the first time I started a men's group and, uh, I really felt a sense of purpose in it. Uh, I was sort of, Norway is a country that typically has been a bit behind the, our neighbors in terms of embracing new transformational trends and technologies and that kind of a thing. So currently I live in Sweden and Sweden has been leaning into these things more. So MKP has been bigger here than it was in Norway. So for me, I had to do some research. So the, the handful of men that had actually even been through MKP in Norway. And for me, it just became, it became a, it became a period of uh, purpose. Uh, and, um, and testing out a fledgling kind of organizing leadership and, and, and having some level of vision, but you know, with MKP, it's a very, it's a very flat culture. And so very quickly, we of course start to talk about a shared vision but at the end of the day i was the one that actually started all of that and it was very very important part of of, of me entering into this field in a full way mm. yeah. yeah so so you know we both know that in mkp mission's a big part of it what, what would you say that your mission is now like of course the podcast and there's these pieces that i'm aware of my mission now say? is yeah, my mission now, you know, it's it's very much focused on family and uh, now being a dad and also being being uh, and I'd like to I like the word patriarch. I want to be the benevolent patriarch of my family system, you know. That that is at the end of the day the most important thing about my life right now and and just to to recently have become a dad, I I've done a lot of things with purpose over the years. I've, I've had a lot of achievements, a lot of victories, and already, like just having this boy in my life for three months, it it feels way more significant than any of the things that I've ever done there with purpose. But you know, for for past couple of years, I've I've pulled out because my sense. I'd be interested to hear how you feel about this, but my sense was that um, the whole world of personal development went went really awry around the, the the whole pandemic or pandemic, if you will. And a lot of people that I worked with just bought all of that garbage hook, line and sinker. And I was, how, how you, you, you've been in the field for how long? And you, you just fully gobble up propaganda narratives. And for me, that was hard to deal with. It was really, a, it was a personal feeling of uh, distress, uh, uh, distress, not so much, but it's like, 
it's one of those things like is I I didn't realize that this is the world I lived in. You know? And so now my purpose is to really recreate my work with the new insights because I I put my whole flagship training on hold based on what I had witnessed in the world. And now it's coming gradually coming back. And so I'm here to to support men to to just get fucking committed to their lives. Mm. And I know that with the commitment comes everything else comes. So I just want them to fucking stand up and be counted and actually have a little bit of fire in themselves so that they can make a difference in this world because we need men to do that. So that's me. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And where are you, where are you at with the mission right now? You feel is because I, uh, I think. hmm? Go ahead. No, please go. Uh, Please go. I would love to hear. Um, I'm kind of playing two games at the same time. One of them is, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of Michael Singer, but the book, The Surrender Experiment, was a huge part of my uh, survival in the darkest. Yeah, yeah, so it was a huge part of my survival in the darkest times and, and the, 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 the learning of how to just start with acceptance. This is mm. what is right now. And mm. to not have this deep psychological resistance to what is, which essentially recreated what what is into what would be and so so as i moved through that path and as as i was telling you before our before we started the recording uh the show today um there's sort of this two this two tracked experience that i'm having one of them is like surrendering being guided listening to a greater power than my mind or my ego identity or my personality and like really receiving direction from a higher authority to what needs to happen um and surrendering to that and and so when i think of purpose i think of purpose as i think of everything in levels and layers like there's sure there's the i'm a man here with you you've asked me the question my purpose is to uh empower uh, to create spaces where others see that they can choose empowerment. I won't say empower others. I don't particularly like that approach, but um, that people can step into that for themselves when they see that it's a possibility maybe they've never seen before. Um, create a space where a depth has maybe never been traveled before, whether it's with a relationship or whether it's um, into oneself, into who and what we really are as individuals, as, as a collective. Um, so that, I would say that's my like human level purpose, if you will, but my, uh, my greater purpose is to listen and surrender and, um, to do what's asked of me, if you will. Mm. Mm. And do you have a clear sense of what that is right now? Yeah. So, so we've started the illuminating man collective. We've started the illuminating woman collective. Uh, we've started the illumination, which is where both come together. Um, it's really about bringing people together and not for comfort and pleasure and connection, although those things, of course, happen. Uh, it's really to unfold, unwind, um, uncoil the constructs and the paradigms and the perspectives that, uh, you know, on a greater level that society has installed within each individual psyche and energy body, but also the ones that we created from our our instinctual and also immature mental uh, interpretation of the circumstances outside of of us. So we create these core beliefs, of course, within ourselves Mm -hmm. and 
that mm-hmm. then they can also come in from the outside. But it's really about coming together to unwind all of that and come back to a starting point of 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 a higher level of truth. I won't say ultimate truth because, of course, I don't know ultimate truth, but a higher level of truth, of higher level of awareness, of consciousness, of like, oh, whoa, here's the delusion or the veil that I was living in from the matrix, from from the system, from society, from the economics, from the media, whatever. But then here's also the one that I was wearing and I didn't even know that I put it on. And really going deep into that reality, the individual reality together. And from yeah. there, like opening up, purifying ourselves, reprogramming ourselves, and then getting into deep practice. This is the, the yogic uh, aspect of my life is getting into deep practice as a group, you know, building a strong practice and purification together and seeing what we can build as a, as a group rather than each individual with their white picket fence and nothing against what you just said, but their own family and their own life and their own thing. It's like, how do we go back to the new tribe, the new village? And it's not a, it's not a going back to, of course, it's just, it's just seeing what, what used to work and incorporating it into what is now. Kind of the boomerang went out and the boomerang comes back and we can either get hit in the face with it or we can, or we can catch it and throw it again. Yeah. Listen, I'd love to focus in more on there very soon. But before that, I would love to know a bit more about how you came to do what. I mean, it's still pretty French what we do. I would love for that not to be the case, but it's still pretty French. So there must be a particular uh, sequence of events or life circumstances that got somebody like you to do something as French as doing men's work. Well, what, what, where, what's, what's your story? <laughs> uh, I was very relationally oriented. So everything was about having the partner and setting up a life together and that, that sort of family piece. Although I wasn't looking back, I wasn't ready for that at all. I was nowhere near that. I had no idea how to do it. I had no idea how to create it or maintain it. And so what I did was I destroyed it numerous times. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, she's the one, this is it. I'm, we're going to do this. And then boom, I've destroyed it. Mm. And, uh, so that happened, that happened one time about seven years ago. It happened after that also, but, uh, I, I was so desperate. I was so sore. I was hurting. I was, my life was in ruins in in most categories. I was holding it together enough and putting on enough masks that nobody really knew as much as I did, I was able to talk the talk and show a certain front and it seemed okay as far as I can perceive how others perceived it, but it really was not. And so I one day Googled, how do you get your ex back? (laughs) I thought that's what I wanted at the time. (laughs) Um, I'm sure you found plenty of results too. (laughs) What's that? I'm sure you found plenty of results and products and services. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I found, um, what was called a dating and relationship coach. I had no idea there were coaches Mm. outside of sports. Mm. So I found a coach and I watched his videos and he gave all these strategies, of course, here, do this, do this, do this. And at the time when my ignorance was, Oh, if I do these strategies that I'll get what I want and then it'll be fine again. So, uh, you know, of course I learned the strategies too slowly and that, that relationship eventually it closed before that. And then it was, Uh, obviously closed for good. Uh, um, So in that journey, I began to learn about uh, masculinity 
And I'm like, you know, that word probably came across like once before I was 30, let's say 31 or 32. Mm. And uh, once or twice, you know, like it wasn't a conversation. We feel people weren't talking about masculine essence or energy or masculinity. None of that. How old uh, are you now? Yeah. I'm 39 years old. Mm. Yeah, I turned 39 in March. Mm. So I started learning about all this stuff. And this this coach uh, spoke about David Data. So I got into David Data's work. I, uh, of course, went down the path of way the superior man. And uh, I was already into yoga and such. So I went to a friend of mine. Um, shout out to Andrew and Pal River at Elements Yoga Studio. Um, I was like, man, we got to start a men's group. I had no idea that there was a men's movement. I had no idea there was Iron John. I had no idea about men's groups or any mankind projects, Sterling, Samurai Brotherhood. I didn't know about any of it. Um, so he's like, well, I know of one. And so he took me to this one, which was based on the Sterling Institute of Relationships out of, out of California, I believe it is. And, uh, so I went to a men's group and I was sort of weirded out and blown away at the same time. Uh, you know, it was very casual, like sitting around talking around a fire. We, there was a fire every night, no matter the weather. We'd, we'd, we'd challenges, we played games. There was integrity around, there was sharing, there was exercises, this kind of stuff. And I thought it was really cool. They taught me about, uh, or they showed me about initiation. And so they led me to the Mankind Project because it was the, the closest place where I could have that experience. So about six months later, I did the New Warrior Training Adventure. Uh, a friend of mine, he called me every time there was another Mankind Project event, which was regular at that time in British Columbia, leadership trainings and facilitation trainings and integration trainings and staffing trainings and staffings. And I did all of it. I did literally for years. I did everything that was uh, offered through that organization. I became the registrar. I sat on the board of directors uh, with the Mankind Project of British Columbia. I was on the leader track. Um, for a number of years, COVID came, and of course, all of that changed because the uh, the organization shut down in uh, after March in British Columbia. We did a we did one weekend, uh, which ended the day that COVID shut down. So it shut down on March fifteenth in British Columbia, and we finished our weekend on the fourteenth. So um, when that stopped happening wasn't an option and you know we kind of all went online and it was weird and i didn't like it uh at first uh it sort of ripped everything apart there was a bunch of stuff that happened in life at the same time i went to a very dark place at that time three years ago and uh a, co a continuation of the dark time that was happened for years before that i thought i was out of it i was back in it and um I really started to have to do some some deeper soul searching like okay i don't have this crutch anymore um what do i do what who am i what is this how do i deal with all this pain when i can't go you know be held literally physically held by a bunch of men while i'm sobbing and wailing and screaming and releasing anger i don't have that anymore um so the journey the journey changed uh colors if you will during COVID and um uh, a lot of stuff happened. There's a lot of stories, of course, but I, I eventually got to the place where I was working with people one-to-one -one, and that's what felt good. And, and I was feeling important and I was feeling purpose, not knowing it at that time, that purpose was helping me to feel better. Like I was, I was helping men that I knew because I knew how to facilitate. I had done all these trainings. I knew how to facilitate well. So I was helping people one-on-one -on -one 
rather than in in-person groups. And uh, it led to becoming a facilitator of that work or a coach, as people call it today, uh, if you will, helping people drop in, find their purpose, find what they're doing, take the next steps. I didn't really ever intend on being a coach or, or a yoga teacher or any of these things. Uh, fast forwarding now, maybe eight months or so, I, uh, I was giving up on that whole thing because it had been about a year of that and the coaching thing was slowing down. I had no more people I was working with. People didn't seem interested and I had actually injured myself. So I decided to go into yoga. Uh, I just was like, what do I need right now? And I, and I was like, I need to be doing yoga every day, drinking juice in the sun on a beach, clearing out. Like I need to detoxify my life. And at that point I quit drinking, um, which was long, long overdue. Uh, I quit drinking fully and um, bought a ticket to Nicaragua, booked a yoga teacher training and went on a, a hero's journey for about a year, a very, very, very intense hero's journey and uh, really purified and practiced, uh, which are the two sort of pillars of my teaching now is like purification through the work, practice through the discipline and, and take yourself with those two pieces. You can play, you can relate, you can plant seeds, you can do good things, you can serve, but purification and practice. So yeah, man, it, uh, it was a crazy ride for, for seven years at least, but it was a crazy ride before that. So 10 years, 11 years, 12 years of, of this journey and, um, you know, the struggles of it, the, all the deaths that I experienced in my twenties and the grief, uh, from my childhood and the suppressed anger from my childhood, all of it popping off and, and, uh, alcohol abuse and wow, just like this cosmic concoction of chaos i've never said that before that's fun um it was just a perfect storm of things to destroy me but to also build the man that i know that i am today so holy shit was it wild but it was what had to happen for the for the betterment of humanity in my perspective because of what you know so i, I mean i know that sounds a little bit arrogant or cocky but that's the confidence of like the trust in in what i got given from my teachers and also from God, as I call it. Um, just, just saving, I'm just guiding me. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was nothing short of miraculous, uh, mm. to be able to mm. get to this place, to be able to sit here and talk to you. Like I feel the tears of the, the gratitude that I, that I'm even alive, but that I'm uh, thriving and happy and in service fully. Oh, beautiful. Was was there a particular teacher in Nicaragua that ended up having a pivotal role for you? Wow. Uh, well, my yoga teacher, I did 500 hours with him, uh, 500 mm -hmm. hours of teacher training with him. Uh, my Reiki teacher, she was amazing, and I did some uh, less, a much less amount of time with her. And um, I worked with people with uh, sacred medicines and extreme experiences fasting so i was like constantly being facilitated or worked with breathwork facilitators um i could i could name drop a lot of people but uh i've i've been working with one teacher for seven years right before i got into men's work i i met this man and he's been mentoring me in my life since then uh mm. outside of like i said outside of men's work he's been uh a pivotal part of my life um i'm i'm a big follower of Joe Dispenza, Michael Singer, Dick Schwartz through Internal Family Systems, uh, Eckhart right. Tolle, uh, Richard Rudd with the Gene Keys. You know, I, I like to, mm. to merge all of that together. Oh, and uh, David R. Hawkins. Those are like my core 
big picture teachers, let's say, but I have Who's many. Who's that guy again? I've heard his name, but I don't, I don't remember what his work is. David R. David R. Yeah. He's, uh, he wrote his most powerful or his most uh, popular book is power versus force, but this one is called letting go. Right. The, the pathway of surrender and that power versus force. Like my, yeah. Mm. All the books that I've read have been pivotal because um, they were always recommended by my, my teacher, my, my original teacher, but uh, my mentor. But that one in particular really taught me about the process, if you will, like the work. He's like, sure, you can, I mean, you know from MKP, you can go scream and be withheld and let it all out and fight it, fight it out and, and you know, beat a rolled up sleeping bag with a tennis racket and scream and cry and be held and all that stuff, right? But there's something yeah. further beyond that that I learned about with the parts work and the inner child work, core, uh, core belief shadow work, and then beyond that into the letting go. And just, wow, you can actually just release that energy without the big expenditure. And it doesn't actually, well, it releases in a sense, but just reorganizes itself into presence. And and that was crucial for me. That's why I, I, I forget that he's in there, but... David R. Hawkins was crucial because I learned that I can just relax and mm. unwind in a moment with the practice and the purification that has come before. There's something interesting here. I'm tracking, I'm tracking that all of the things that you've said about yoga and drinking green juice on a beach and traveling to a fairly warm country to, to study with various spiritual teachers, it's a fairly feminine path, right? And yet, you you have a a presence in this work that is um i can see that you're explicitly pushing a very masculine message and even the thing that you t t told me about david r hawken now it's starting to like okay so you're you just present you let go and so yes you're resting <laughs> You're, yeah, and you're resting into like a mature masculine where you're just like you're just the container that life plays out inside of. And so tell me how it is that, that you've taken this path that a lot of men remain on for decades and they just they, they don't find a backbone. They, they just keep drinking green juice and doing fancy asanas, but they, they, they don't have masculinity. So what, why, what, what did it work for you? Why did it work for you? What happened? Sometimes when people ask me similar questions to this, I, and I know that I'm going to get flack for this because I have before, like just <laughs> listen to DMX, just listen to Eminem, just listen to Tupac. Like, you'll 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 cultivate something within you energetically that just from like letting that 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 energy not necessarily the content of their music because it's it's not necessarily the most productive all the time but the the energetic that they bring and i've listened to, to all the way back from ice cube and nwta or nwta nwa <laughs> um since since maybe i was 10 11 years old so there was always this intensity um, even though I'm a Pisces and I was raised, quote unquote, raised by women, you know, very feminine society, female teachers, uh, single mother, sisters, aunts, grandmother, all this stuff. Playing hockey, listening to intense music, Metallica, even not just rap, but Metallica and Rage Against the Machine and all these things was always sort of the people that I hung out with. Um, so that's always 
been with me this sort of that sort of energetic now beyond that um you know learning about archetypes and learning about the warrior like i always identified there when we got into the thing like I, my work was primarily around anger and and moving through anger as as the only emotion that was okay to emit at the beginning of my sort of journey with men's work and so i always just naturally identified with the warrior archetype and um but even before the work started happening you know like i quit my job working for the municipality in vancouver and doing water and sewer construction so of course construction is very rough around the edges sometimes and uh i was like i want to do something more meaningful so there's already something in me that wanted to do something meaningful for the world so i can't really claim that you know you know i'm something special something was always coming through me and i wanted to use my construction skills to do green building and then i got into solar and then i got into uh like these bigger ideas of 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 growing food and sustainability and permaculture and all of that so that that was my purpose for quite a while but um it's always been this sort of service essence within me even though i didn't know it i just was myself um so that there was always this fight in me uh, i almost went down the the rabbit hole earlier with conspiracies and truthing and all of these uh ways to put it um outside of the the mainstream media but just through watching documentaries which i picked up from my father uh watching documentaries that talked about the war in iraq and like what really happened with all these false flag events that are documented right they're 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 known to be true it's released documents from the the powers that be and so that's where i started off with this like that's not okay that that's happening like look at what it's doing to people and like this this fire this fight came up in me uh long before that feminine path and i and i don't take that personally i don't disagree with you that that's a feminine path i'm literally following following the signs following shakti following the flow i don't know where to go show me please god like i'm i'm surrendered you know i'm in that feminine state of surrender like tell me what to do i know nothing or i shouldn't say the feminine knows nothing but um you know i'm i'm very much in that state of being led so call it feminine call it masculine call it whatever but i'm not in charge um but at the same time there's this decisiveness like okay i've received the information now i go and then i fall and then i fail and then i cry and then i emote and i need to be held and then I get up and I go because otherwise I die. So there's very primal, instinctual survival mechanisms at play. And also, uh, the extremity of my journey had a lot of sort of necessary fire, necessary like fighting. Um, it didn't always happen in the right places, unfortunately, but uh, it, it had to be there. I was fighting for, in some sense, survival. So I wasn't, mm. I can't claim that it was me, that I was a strong person, that I was uh, powerful, that I was in integrity or in accountability, quite the opposite for most of that journey. Uh, but it's, it's, it's come to that now. Yeah, I can say that with full authenticity and truth. That you're in a place of 100% integrity. Is that what you mean? That you're now fully in integrity, right? Well, I mean, I consider integrity like alignment. So I'm still aligning like certain aspects of my life, um, you know, finances and uh, stepping back into humanity after this long journey and learning about relationships as this new, literally a new person. 
So learning about how mm. to relate in this way, and I'm like, oh, there's an old thing coming up. Okay, boom, back to the work. Um, mm. And so there's still an integrity piece, um, you know, of, of like coming more and more into that, let's say, superior man to use data language or that um, mm. mature masculine archetypal to use like Jungian, um, Jungian archetypal language. But uh, yeah, the, yeah. the, a number of hills have been climbed, if you will. Yeah, good. Thank you for sharing a bit of your story. There's something that you said earlier in our conversation that has stuck with me and it's your description of observing men stay attached to the same narratives over long periods of time. And I think that is a problem, like a legit problem because these guys have potential and they're here to offer something to the world. And if they get stuck in this place that they're trying to resolve their uncoil, their trauma, their wounds forever and not having any of that energy redirected towards more service oriented pursuits, then I do believe that we as men actually can use personal growth work to regress you know and that that i see as an issue and i was i was watching some of your conversations with uh, ian on on your facebook wall earlier and one of the things that or it seems like the thing that you're drilling into i, I watched two i don't know if you had more they the were the two that i found you're drilling into this theme of Okay, so there's this beautiful opportunity in men's work to become more emotionally competent and more authentic and you learn what it means to be vulnerable and you have these experiences with men for weeks, months, probably years and you start to feel comfortable with being yourself fully and then you actually start to form addictive patterns where you're playing, you're now playing out uh, you know, you're, you're firing, uh, firing neurons down familiar pathways and you think that you're doing something evolutionary, but it comes to be a point where actually a man needs to realize, no, I am actually, as you said, the same man and maybe even less of a man because I've seen this, I've seen men regress with men's work. So, um, I would love for you to say a little bit more about why you and Ian are drilling into this particular theme and what it is that you have observed within your work inside of MKP and what it is that you're now trying to bring into the, into, into your containers and communities. Thank you. Yeah, I was looping. I was looping and was not getting results anymore. Anger was mm. still puking out into my relationships uh, based on shame and sadness and fear. It was a protective, aggressive um, covering of these other emotions. There was also uh, a, a desire for change, of course, but it was it was not it was not pure. So what I started to realize is that I wasn't getting. When, especially when COVID hit, it's like, wow, look at, I've done this for uh, whatever, however many years, five years. And now the exact same thing when I don't have this, this outlet each week and even multiple times per week, sometimes I would go to two and three groups a week. 
Mm. And it's like that's a lot. Yeah, a lot. I did a lot of men's work, and so mm. uh, for for months I was going to at least two per week. Sometimes I would go to an online one also, and then I'd also be having conversations with men from men's work about the work. So it was like, and then I had my teacher, and then I had my coaches, and so as I mentioned, groups, two or three groups, teacher, coach. It was like my whole life. The people that I lived with eventually were in the men's work too. Like I lived on their property. So um, I just started to realize that there were sort of two ways. And Ian said this beautifully. Uh, Ian Wood is my, uh, my partner in crime. Um, Ian said this beautifully. It's like, we're not here to emphasize the hard. Be hard. Be like the David Goggins or Andrew Tate style, you know. We're not here to emphasize that. And we're not here to emphasize the connection and brotherhood and hugging and crying and that. We're not here to emphasize either of those things. Both of those things are crucial components to masculinity. Like you said, emotional intelligence. What is emotional intelligence? Emotional awareness, emotional regulation, emotional mastery. Right? So it's like when when do I actually need to release or to express or to be seen or to be heard or to be held or to be loved or acknowledged or validated? When do I actually need that now? Where's the best place to get it? What's the best way to get it so that I complete with this instead of fuel the loop for the next go around the merry-go? Right? So that's what I started to see. And so then I saw the other side of it, the, let's say the David Goggins approach, nothing wrong with David Goggins, but his, like kind of fuck your mind, fuck your emotions, get up and go. Stop being his words. And it's not about female or feminine or anything like that. He said this in one of his videos. Stop being a little bitch. Stop crying. Stop letting your mind control you and go. Get up and fix the things that are causing you distress. Now, both of those are super important to me. The ability to say yes to your mind and emotions. The ability to say no to your mind and emotions. Not just the yes or no, but to actually train the mind and the emotions while also purifying the mind and emotions. Well, some of that is expression, right? We still need to tell our story. We still need to be, have connection and relationship. And, you know, was, you and I had a little bit of that at the beginning. I, I enjoyed our conversation and hearing about your life. That brought something to my life. So I, I got a little men's work before our call. I got a little hear about your life and have a little connection. It was beautiful to hear about your son. I was like, wow, that's beautiful. I feel that. I feel that love. And I don't even know you or your son. It's like just that that openness, right? That feeling, that love, that care. Without wound worship, without wound worshiping, without drowning in the swamp, the quicksand of emotion and mind. So yeah, we really, we really uh, through studying Joe Dispenza, both Ian and I, we really learned about mind and emotions and chemicals, and cells and addiction, and how the cells or like, we haven't got our adrenaline in a while. We better send a signal so that the psyche can project onto something in the world and have an emotional reaction and then bring it down into the cells to meet our addiction. Simply put, that's what's happening. Now, of course, there's things, right, that can make us sad. I've lost my dog. I've lost my partner. I've, I've lost something. I can be sad. There's nothing wrong. I just don't cry and hide. I just don't cry and run to somebody else. I sit here with my head up and my chin up 
and my spine's straight and my ball's intact and I cry and I feel it fully and then I'm complete. I don't care if it's shame. As shame comes up, I love shame. Bring it up. I want to be with myself. I want to be with all of me that went through shit in the past that feels shame now because of how it felt then and that's physically wired into my brain. I want to be with that part of me because it never got presence before. So there's, it's not about don't do emotions. It's just do it well. It's not about don't have a mind. It's do it well. It's not about forcing yourself into power. It's about understand the, mecha the mechanics on the hard side, on the fiery side. Don't just swing from one side to the other and get super inflated and then pop your bubble and now you're super deflated. It's like, no, neither inflated nor deflated. Sword shovel, hammer, whatever it might be, the forward movement with everything that it is to be a human in relationship with ourselves, in relationships with others, in relationships with God, the spectrum of it all, right? So we really want to bring a higher level of not hard, not soft, not fiery, not watery. Both of those things are welcome. We have forged by fire, walk in the water. One of them is discipline. One of them is inner world, outer world, inner world. We bring them together. And that's the, that's the IMC mission is like, bring them together. Don't just do one or the other. This whole organization is based on emotions and shadows and brotherhood. This whole other organization is based on your word and discipline and accountability. But now people are getting hurt because they're not getting heard and understood. And that's the level they're at. And they need that in that moment. So we're really bringing it all together in my perspective. And, I, and in my perspective, that hasn't been done yet in this way. I've interesting that you say that. I don't think you know my work. <laughs> I don't know your work. I don't know your work. But, I, but the reason that I can't, I, I, I wasn't even talking about a podcast. I just wanted to have a conversation with you. Yeah, like, I, 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 I wanted to do that. I was like, I want to talk to him. See, and I. I wanted to make make that make that be something that could serve other people as well, and I think the reason that I was excited to bring you on a podcast is precisely because I've seen you project a bit of bad boy energy in a in a way that has entertained and intrigued me, and um, and I I l l let me share what what that or how that lands for me this idea that there's almost like two paradigms of men's work right so you have the one paradigm where you do a more feminine approach it's a lot about authenticity vulnerability emotion there's a lot of uh, emphasis on catharsis so if you have catharsis i think a lot of people think that that by definition is evolutionary you know so you get it out there kind of a thing and you're you, you somehow you've taking a big step and then you have this really take massive action you know just screw screw all of your resistances no excuses fucking get out there and make shit happen and so you have like all kinds of strategies and tactics and systems and apps and typically these people 
Typically, these people are way more successful in business and finances, but they tend to be fairly emotionally constipated. And you have this other side, and they're super proficient in expressing themselves, and they don't have fucking two dollars to rub together to pay a bill. You know, this is... This is this is kind of the stereotype, but it's it's basically how it is. And I've been I've been attracting a lot of people from the second. I think it's it's and not only, but I'd say like eighty percent of my guys have been from that world, and twenty percent they they legit are very successful businessmen, and they they want more of that emotional expertise to. To bring to their children and to their partner, like the wife, whatever it is, even to their teams, because obviously, as a CEO or as a middle manager, whatever you are, to be able to actually create deeply connected relationships with your team is a big fucking deal in in this absolutely constipated world that we live in, right? So, so what I what I saw early on was that okay, so. This one world is the warrior archetype and this other world is kind of the lover archetype. And yeah, there's a little bit of king in this warrior world and there's a little bit of magician in this lover world. (laughs) What does this mean? There's a polarity playing out here, right? So I actually created a model for this and I called it the individuation matrix. And the whole idea is that based on childhood conditioning, one side of the polarity went underground. Right. So if you really, really like a David Goggins kind of a type, clearly the man is traumatized as fuck. You know, he he hasn't really addressed (laughs) his his traumas head on, but he's amazing at what he does. Amazing. But he's his mentality is. Is a form of abuse of self, and he's okay with that because he's. He is, he, he is in that conditioning. He's full on warrior. And I think it works for him, but you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be the path to deeply connected relationships, for instance. And so another guy, he will just shut down his warrior because whatever dad or, you know, dad was mean or he was rigid or any number of things. And so we have this place in the, in the unconscious or in the underworld, shall we say. So that's the idea that I came up with is like, okay, there's an underworld journey that needs to be had in order to reclaim the part that was exiled. And that's magician work. And when we bring the exiled part back through the power of individuation, through shadow work, through addressing uh, forms of addiction and distraction and all kinds of numbing, then gradually that part comes back. And that's, that's what I call the individuation matrix. So I created this model and everything. So I'm with you, man. It's been done. I've done it, but it's important. It's important. <laughs> I did this for a f- I've done this for a decade. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. I've done this for a decade. I, I really enjoyed uh I really enjoyed <laughs> listening to you and I loved that you said the piece around the the king warrior the north south with the traditional model and the east west yeah. uh, how I look at it anyways with the lover magician of like the inner world the outer world um and how yeah you kind of end up in one of two camps and 
if you're you do, really man. unlucky, you got you got ended up in the middle of all of it with with yeah. no uh, emphasis on any of it. Yeah, the the sort yeah. of lump on a log type thing, and yeah, but to me, that's exactly how I see it. Right? Is introvert extrovert? Right, and I think the place we're at in the sort of the the twisted story of humanity is that the um, the polarization has been brought to the fore in a way that it never has before because because there's something in the unconscious of humanity that is deeply wanting to be integrated that's how i do you are you with me on that do, do you do you think Absolutely, that's yeah true? it's uh, yeah. i the hard men need need to know soft and the soft <laughs> men need to know hard yes and you have yes. to be able to move into my to the way that I see it, and I'm just agreeing with what you're saying, is like you got to be able to do it all, mm. because not because it's a burden and it's your job, and you you know you're just a robotic thing with a penis used to provide and protect and procreate, but it's super enjoyable to be able to do it all, right? To be able to drop yeah. into a deep level of presence, to just drop into like silent mind, silent emotions mm. while huge emotions are going on around you. And to just be completely mm. with someone else, completely selfless yes. in that moment because of the depth that you can go because you've gone there within yourself. Wow. Yeah. Ultra, ultra exactly. pleasurable, ultra progressive. We want to use the word progressive to actually help someone to have a space for them where they can go not just down into it a bit, not just down into it a lot, but all the way through to the other side of it because of that level of presence. So that's mm. a very deep inner war uh, sorry lover magician journey as you said it's magician work shadow work parts work internal family yeah. systems inner child work all these all these words so i agree with you fully man like i that's exactly how i see it is like that's that's like what humanity needs to survive let alone to thrive like we're yeah. at a survival point right now where it's not there, there's some things that could happen that could send this thing on a, on a pretty bad tailspin right now yeah and it might already yeah. be happening so i'm curious more about like you you talked about this matrix uh what did you call it a matrix individual individuation I call it the individuation matrix yeah so what yeah. do you do with men like what does that look like you have one-on-one -on -one clients you work with groups yeah well back in the days it's fun actually i just to just to mention to those of you listening right now ryan is actually the first time that i have a guest on this podcast that i didn't know prior to the conversation and i love that because we get to have a different dynamic you know and the very fact that you don't know what i do i i love that because i get to talk about it in a way that feels meaningful to me and not just like i'm repeating something you know for for the audience um as I told you uh, in the uh, in the pre-talk before we pressed record, uh, I stepped. I stepped. Oh no! Actually, maybe I told you guys listening as well. I don't remember now, but I said something about I stepped out for a while. You know, because because something happened in the pandemic that didn't work for me in terms of continuing doing the work in the way that I had. So there was something that happened in my integrity in my soul that said no. And I had to figure some shit out in order to take the next steps professionally. So I, for the last two years, I've been running just a small community of men. I call it the Ground and Glory Guild. So the ground is the work of emotion, of 
you know, shadow, all of that stuff. Ground obviously associated with going underground, the unconscious, becoming ground dead, the feminine, whatever. And then you have the glory, which is the transcendent. It's the going up. It's moving towards God, to success, to achievement. So I've been running this uh, community uh, for for a while now and really been trying to just figure out what are my next steps because I've been the reclaim me in a throne guy and people probably don't quite understand why I just stopped it. I just just stopped cold Turkey, you know, Mm -hmm. and the truth about that, I've been starting to share a little bit about, but you know, because, because whatever you call it, you know, I had some shamanic abilities, shall we say, where I was able to take men deep into their unconscious in a three-month initiation experience online. And there were energies that were released and and veiled and, you know, emerged in that process that uh, were powerful and were typically transformative. And, um, and I was using the individuation matrix as the model. So, okay, you need to go into the underworld with the magician archetype. You need to reclaim the exiles in order to become a more sovereign being. And I created this whole mythological narrative. I created a map and everything. And so you, you travel through locales over a three month journey and you, yeah, yeah. So you started at a gar how do I, and like, how do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> you can be part of the next round if you want to, Ryan. <laughs> I think you will enjoy it. <laughs> I, it. I just want to go. So, I just want to see the map. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the map after. It's still out there online. Um, so, but anyway, the work was powerful, and really, really. I'm I'm a stickler for purity in in my containers, and I was starting to feel like with the kind of work that I did and with what I had seen in the world, there was a slight danger based on how I knew myself at that point that I couldn't keep the space entirely clear of what I now call entity interference because of the kind of emergence of unconscious psychic energy. Um, so I'm in, I'm, I'm in this process of really purifying everything that I do, taking all of my ego out and becoming really, really, really razor sharp about what it is that I stand for and that I don't want to bring any of this. Um, shall we say, Ryan, I, 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 I used to be quite attracted to narratives of magic and all of these things. As I grew up with Narnia and Lord of the Rings and Dungeons and Dragons and typical magician, you know, when I was playing computer games and I could choose classes, I would choose the magician every fucking time. So I was that guy. And now there's something in there that I feel like as as a, um, shall we say, a personal transformation community, there's... Um, I don't know. It's a community. It's, um, but there's a field of people doing work and a lot of it has this paradigm of magic. And I actually sense that a lot of people that are there don't fully understand what they're dealing with. And I, I'm very clear that I'm not that guy. And so, so, so as I'm, I'm probably going to relaunch Reclaiming the Throne in a couple of months. And the way that I talk about it to, to people that have been 
invested in this work in the past. I used to have a team of more than 10 people, you know? So, so when I talk about it, it to them now, it's just like, no, I just want to create something that's even more pure, more precise, more adult and more grounded. You know, I don't want to create LARP. I don't do, I don't want to do a three month LARP. Hmm. You know, I want it to be really fucking practical. Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Cool, man. I, I had this feeling in the, in the beginning, I'm like, maybe I should have listened to some of the episodes and gone back and like learned who I'm about to speak to. But, uh, I, I like just going for it and I'm happy that you said, yeah. uh, that, <laughs> that it was, that it created an opportunity or, or it created a space where you saw an opportunity to, um, you know, speak to it naturally, speak to it, like from the heart, from the passion, like how it is now without the, the script and talk about your thing and talk about my thing. And, um, so I really, I really love how you said that. That's, that's, that's great. Um, yeah, I think, I'm I think at the end of the now. day, <laughs> I can feel that you want to join a little bit, right? And we can have a conversation about it. <laughs> I got very practical, you know, like I, I was all into the, the archetypes and everything. And then I just got super practical. It's like, yeah, parts work and discipline, you know, it's like parts work, yeah. purification, discipline of practice, like physical practice, mental practice, emotional practice, yeah. right? Just like just discipline. And so I got very practical also. And I'm, I, you know, I, I love what I do, but, and I love the work that I'm doing within myself on myself currently with this, uh, you know, this discipline piece was never part of my life, really. It was always very yeah. much like self-employed, show, show up whenever, um, which wasn't ideal, of course. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this sort of discipline and accountability and integrity piece I talked about, it did strip away some of the, the as my teacher calls it, the fluffy stuff, right? The, the fantastical, mm. the, the um, you know, sort of the fun stuff, if, if you will, the 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 archetypal or the fa or the fantasy characters and classes like you said and these energies that are within so i i'm i'm really enjoying reconnecting with the archetypes through this conversation and uh you know yeah. remembering how it felt to play uh with these very powerful energies yeah i'm appreciating it thank you yeah you're welcome you know this was a big part of my professional life for a long time and i, I still get men who come to me because they see me as the archetype guy Though um, I am, I'm rebranding a bit. I'm changing my methodology a bit. So I will not actually be speaking about masculine archetypes in nearly uh, as much depth or, you know, because there's the Jungian frames are, are potent. And I think I'm, I'm deeply grateful for the legacy of, of Jung. I think we, we would be even more screwed if we didn't have that. You know, there, is, there are profound gifts that any man, any woman can receive from studying that. And again, there's a bit of a danger of becoming fascinated by the framework itself. Or the yeah something the, my teacher once told me was go there but don't get stuck there go to yes. shadow work go to yoga go to vipassana go to x y and z but just don't get 
stuck there because as as you just said it's like it can be so captivating and back to our original one of our earlier conversations was it it just becomes a new identity for the same person to do the same thing in a different way yeah it's true it's true and that's not what you're looking for when you're on the path of awakening and becoming Actually, I would just say path of awakening is one way of saying it, but let's just ground it and say be a fully embodied adult. You know? It doesn't need to be fancy. We don't need to even talk about being awakened. We can just talk about being adults. And and adults aren't attached to all kinds of like really rigid, uh, at least not mature adults, which is obviously uh, implicit in what I'm saying. Uh, is that we we need to be able to um, to be accepting and at ease with reality as it presents itself. Especially like, for instance, now I, I read this book uh, as as part of uh, becoming a dad. It's called uh, Hunt Hunt Gather Parent. It's interesting. It was a friend of mine who recommended it to me, and. Um, and it's about parenting strategies from indigenous cultures. And one of their absolute most essential principles is that you never become angry with your child because then you become a child as well. Mm. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. And so you're not modeling the kind of evolutionary path that you want your child to be on if you keep screaming at them. So the thing is, okay, my child is having a tantrum. Tantrum, I accept it. That's what is within their capacity at this moment in their life. They are not more advanced. They're not as advanced as I would like them to be right now. And I accept that, you know, and I think that is what it is to be an adult. Really, you, you come to a place where you become the holder of the phenomena as they appear in, in my life experience with, without becoming like victimized by them and like completely uh, antagonized or rebellious or whatever, you know? So, so yeah, I think that's, that's it for me. That's and that, that's beautiful how you say that because it really is part of you know I'm I'm going to speak for both of us here which I don't often do but I, I'm <laughs> that's fine that's really what we're doing right is we're is we're moving evolution forward on, on every level like, yeah genetically I spoke to the the cellular aspect to the chemical aspect of men's work of the work that we do call it men's work call it women's work it's just the work it's just mm. it's just psychological evolution into this mature adults that you're speaking of right so it's yeah it really is like what we're doing and then, and then modeling that going forward right because we all know yeah. that the children are the ones who are really going to create the new world we got uh, how do we prepare them for their journey for their responsibilities for their thing right do we give them the same ball and say here i dropped it you pick it up and take it it's the same ball right or do we do we do the tough thing and push ourselves into the growth zone or like right up to that edge of like, who can I become and model that so that they get the next version of life? And then the, the next ones understand that paradigm, that priority, mm. and they get the mm. next versions of life. And we actually turn this thing around over 
not that many generations, really, if, if we came together and did this as a collective. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I like you bringing in a bit of a uh, an energy of the future with that. Because I, I do want to end with a, a bit of a visionary part of our conversation. Because you've told me about your past. Uh, you had these seven years of men's work traveling to Nicaragua, having various teachers. And I could tell that there had been a lot of pain in that process as you almost started crying there for a moment. So you, you've had your struggles like we all have. And so then you come into this present moment, you're working with Ian, you're creating the Illuminating Man, collecting the Illuminating, Illuminating Woman Collective, you're creating Walk on Water, Forged by Fire. I love those names, by the way. My, my highest level membership for the men is called Forge. So <laughs> I'm, I'm resonating with that. And our meetings are fire circles. So, so yeah, <laughs> it, matches, it matches pretty well. Um, yeah. And and I can sense that deep inside of your being, there is a very strong, there's a very strong commitment to a particular um, evolutionary arc. And um, what do you feel that that is? And where do you feel that men's work needs to go next? Yeah, so the evolutionary arc is uh, kind of themed to many other things I've said in this call. It's that two-tracked piece, that inner and the outer, like the physical and the the uh, psychological or energetic. It's that uh, seen and unseen aspects and, and, and where they overlap. So it's really a, a complete package in my mind. And the the arc that i see is 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 about awareness because we could say emotional intelligence and expression and these things but awareness breeds the ability to choose because now i'm present with my emotion at five percent or a hundred percent where it's about to explode all over the place and destroy everything i'm more present mm. earlier on i'm more aware earlier on I can make adjustments from that present moment, true, deeper self of where I'm navigating, what I'm navigating and where I'm navigating it to. So mm. it's a very high level in my perspective, awareness of um, mind, emotion and physical body, uh, that of, of an individual. And so that, of course, then goes into relationships and then from one relationship or partner or family or whatever into small community and then to a greater community and and if this work can go out there and and find the right people who uh, a lot of my work is about the people who are visionaries leaders right like i i, I don't much attract uh, I, although i do i don't much attract people who aren't already sort of in the visionary purpose realm surrendering into a greater vision from somewhere mm -hmm. higher than ourselves so that's that's sort of the um the people that i attract or that we attract, I should say. Uh, but it really is beyond the individual into the individual seeing the, the the importance of themselves and also at the same time, the insignificance of themselves and being okay with that both are true like at the same time. Yeah. And just removing a lot of this me, me, me story, this me culture, and it's kind of mm. cliche, but moving into the we culture and, and we being future generations. So how do we build? Mm. What do we build? What do we use to build? Where, what are we eating? What are we drinking? What are we supporting? What information are we taking in? Where are we voting with our dollar? Where 
are we still voting to have dollars rather than some other new evolutionary system of interacting with the physical world and what we need to consume? And so I don't have it all figured out, of course, um, but I know that we're eating better in the future. We're relating better. We're in mm. abundance, not having this enormous discrepancy uh, between emotional prosperity and wealth. Um, just simply the the ability to have enough to even eat for some people, let alone prosperity or abundance or wealth. So, so altering the way that that system works as much as possible and as much as we're allowed by the people with the guns. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, and so that's, that's what I see for, for humanity. I know it's not very distinct, but it's people living on, sorry, not distinct, but, uh, but clear, I should say. People living on land together, people building businesses together, people going through the triggers and projections and blow-ups together with skills and tools to take them to completion rather than just acceptance and repetition of such um, expression and whether a healthy expression or non-healthy expression. Being in community where everybody has the tools to help everybody move through it and we do everything together, not always at the same time, but we all have the shared vision, whether that's five of us or 50 of us or 5,000 of us or whatever it might be mm. in that specific community group always with the we in mind rather than the i or the the me uh, is pretty much the same it's mm. a place for men to come together to practice that stuff and to cultivate it and to energize it level it up make the vision bigger um and actually do something about it and hold it hold each other to that and to uh and to have fun doing it on both sides mm. and is there a particular role that's distinct for men in that vision as different from women or like i said in the beginning i like to remove as much generalization and label as possible and uh situationally i'm six foot two three i'm bigger than a lot of women i can reach things that are higher up and i can do things physically that they cannot some women cannot do some women are bigger than me some women are stronger than me can defend better than me so not so many, uh, though. I think it's what's that? Not so many though. Yeah, it's it's not common that I that I see someone and I'm like that's a formidable opponent at the primal mm. physical mm. level. Um, but you know, I do believe that there's some sort of soul thing that comes in whether it's an astrological human design imprint karma call it what you like. There's some spiritual aspect to it, so there might uh, at, the, at, the, at the level of men and women, I'll generalize, even though I just gave the disclaimer that I don't like to. Um, I think men are supposed to be the warrior, the leader, the decision maker. There's situations where that's not the case, and that's totally fine. It doesn't, I'm not opposed to following a woman if, if she's more dominant than me, better skilled than me, stronger than me, whatever the situation pertains or provides. Uh, I have no problem following a woman. You know, I have no problem being told what to do by a woman, but but it's it's not about the gender for me or the sex. It's about, uh, as Jordan Peterson says it, it's about the qualification. Is she more qualified? So it's a meritocracy Absolutely. in a sense. Yeah. I don't care who it is. If they're doing the job well, I'm in. Mm. Uh, and I can't have a baby. I don't have the natural, genetic, historical, ancestral proclivity towards nurturing. I have it towards fighting, defending, building. So there is a genetic aspect that not everybody is connected with. But 
if you look at a bell curve, if I'm assuming you know the bell curve uh, in science, if you look at the bell curve, the majority instinctually still have that natural proclivity towards the traditional roles, even though yeah. the matrix, the patriarchy, whatever, has all the women with goals, has all the women with drive, has all the women with ambition. I, not all the women. I just speak in absolute sometimes for the sake of the point. Yeah. But it's put them generally, them, the females, the women, generally in a position where they have to do things that used to be done by the men, which means now they either have to do both or they have to abandon one of them. Yeah. Which, which is like, okay, now I bring it back to the individual, the situation, the circumstance. What do you choose from your ego mind programming? And do you want to stay there? What do you choose if you removed all the beliefs and all the programming? What would you do from your primal instinctual soul level? Get there and then be a female leader. Go for it. Joan of Arc, go do it. I know, no problem. Mm. But don't do it from the program. Don't do it from fear. Don't do it from I have to prove it. Don't do it from that level or lack yeah. or any fear or anything like that, right? Don't do that. That's not where we're going. Nice. I like that. Uh, Ryan, as we approach the end of our conversation, um, we've covered quite a bit of territory. There's one question or two questions that I always like to end with. First, I would love to know, what do you love about being a man? I haven't loved most of it in my time, mm. but I do now love it. I said to my, uh, I have a mentorship uh, container. They're having conversations about men and women and masculinity and femininity. And they're like, what do the men of the container want? And I was like, you know, I love masculinity. And so that's not inherent to all men. Uh, maybe they don't experience it or they don't, they don't, they're not connected with their fullness of it. But I love, I love that. I love the confidence. I love the strength, like the, the ability to do a thing. Now, that's not just physical. It's also the ability to, to be strong enough to stop and be aware and be present and drop in. Mm. So I, I know that I'm going to go in all over the place here. But I love that, that strength to know what to do. Mm. Um, I haven't lived most of my life with that, but I, but I love that now. And, and what, what that's created, which I also love, is this like cosmic play. It's not like an ego play. It's not an inner child play. It's not, I like this and I want to go play. I'm going to throw a dart at Ian here. I'm not going to go play pickleball because it's fun. And, you know, we get together and we have hot dogs and mustard after. It's like a cosmic playfulness that came with really uh, being gifted and also achieving uh, a masculine essence um, mm. in my individual state. So, yeah, it's, it's power and play. It's power and playfulness and presence. There's lots. I like lots of it. <laughs> yeah, but what I like in what you're saying is that you you have arrived at a place of loving it. So it took work for you because you had been somehow conditioned to not love it. And I think this is true for a lot of men. And uh, so listen up, guys. You can actually come to love it. Um, uh, there's one more piece that I think is valuable to share on that front. Yeah, is, uh, I love I love the leadership of of being masculine, of being in this mm -hmm. masculine essence and like cultivating this, because it it's for me it's such a challenge 
to be in that integrity and that accountability with, you know, the way that I experienced the world previously in my, in my past to like, to, to constantly through example, as best of my ability at that time, show with masculinity, like show it to the world, not, not being hidden and be like, okay, yeah, I'm in integrity and accountability in my little corner, but like the confidence to show it mm-hmm. and, and that it's safe and that it's fun and it's loving and that it's fucking powerful and that like it's it's okay to be that mm. Mm. i love that leadership piece too yeah thank you for that extra moment great and then this this uh, little game that i like to end with is if you had everyone every man that is currently listening to this podcast in a room festival, workshop, whatever, and you got to give them one piece of instruction that they would would have 100% implementation of. Let's leave them with that. What would that be? How much time do I have to tell them? One minute. One minute, okay. The first piece I would say is you're not who or what you think you are. That's a construct of the mind. That's okay that it's like that. That construct has a dark side and a light side. It has weakness and it has power. Nothing wrong with weakness. Find them, find both, be with them, integrate them. Come bring them together. From there, figure out your power through your passion and your purpose. Because then you're you're aligned with many aspects of being a human. Figure out generosity. Generosity of 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 word, of action, of heart, of soul, and figure out surrender. Let something greater than you, God, soul, whatever it is, let that let that guide the way. Be a servant to something greater. I'm going to challenge you. I love this. I'm going to challenge you, but you're not following my instructions. I gave you the permission to have one instruction to these men. Ah. So what I is the one, one thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> so you need to you need to use a razor sharp masculine edge and carve out mm-hmm. everything that's not Thank essential. You. Thank you. Learn how to listen. Mm. Beautiful. Learn how to listen, and that means to yourself and the levels that we're talking about. Learn how to listen to others. Learn how to listen to God. Learn how to listen. I like that. Beautiful. If men want to know more about you and your work, where do, where do they go? Uh, website is in progress. So currently the best place is Facebook, Ryan Albury, a Facebook group for the Illuminating Man Collective. You can search Illuminating Man Collective. Uh, my email is ryan at illuminatingman.com, spelled exactly like it would be in the dictionary, Illuminating Man. I will be printing all of these on the screen for the men. So mm. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm super open. I love the work. I love people. I'm happy to have conversations and and um, provide what I can. It's all about the the mission for me. So it's it's I'm available. Great. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for uh, taking me up on this spontaneous change of plans. It wasn't just going to be a conversation, uh, but it became a podcast. So, so that's fun. It was a, it was a new, a slightly new template today, and uh, and uh, I like I like how it's evolving into a conversational style. So, again, thank you for coming, and for you who have 
watch this on YouTube. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Don't hesitate to reach out to Ryan. And of course, do join us next time or join me. It won't be Ryan next time. It will be somebody else for the next episode. I, I, I have some fun guys lined up uh, for, for future episodes of this uh, podcast. And it's important to me to get the pulse on what's happening out there. Cause I do feel like on some level, there's a revitalizing of men's work gradually in progress. So do join me for that in the next episode. Thank you all for being with, uh, with me and with uh, Ryan. Bye-bye.